0: Hello, and welcome to the Unbundled Attorney Mastermind Podcast. My name is Dave Ahrens, and I'm the co-founder and CEO of Unbundled Attorney. In this podcast, we interview many of our provider attorneys, as well as some of the leading experts in the industry to isolate the best practices for building internet-generated leads and how to ethically and effectively offer unbundled legal services and other more affordable options in your practice. For more information about our services, visit www.unbundledattorney.com. All right, welcome everyone. I'm, as always, really excited about this episode. It is a interview with Rhonda and Jay Shri Naidu, one of our provider attorneys out of Oklahoma, and they have gone through a very significant transformation over the past three months. We've been working together. They went from a solo practitioner, Rhonda being the solo practitioner attorney, to a small firm of now three practicing attorneys, going on four. Uh, they've been in the process of expanding to from Oklahoma City to include Tulsa, Oklahoma, as well as the greater central region of Oklahoma, and their goal is to expand to the rest of the state of Oklahoma, potentially by the end of the year, and in the process have gone from nine active clients as of July 21st to 51 active clients um, as of the recording of this episode in just three months. So this is a rapid scaling of a firm from again sole practitioner to a small firm covering multiple cities, and they walk us right through it. I mean, from hiring the contract lawyers and how to do so ethically to make sure that they are in fact contract lawyers and not there's not a fee split or you know rainmaking, and also how to you know build a staff that can support the volume and how to manage the lead calls when Ronda is not in the office and. This is just an incredibly valuable episode for any attorney that's been considering expanding their firm scaling it up either because of an increase in volume of clients or because you want to handle other regions of your state. This is the nuts and bolts the how to's and the breakdown on exactly how to do that from a firm that is literally in the process and has just gone through this type of growth. So it's just a really informative episode we certainly hope you enjoy it. This interview with Rhonda and Jayshree Naidu, one of our provider attorneys out of Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. All right, Rhonda, Jayshree, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: I'm really excited about uh, this opportunity for us to chat based on the the feedback I've gotten and just incredible expansion. You guys have been in the process of, of developing and, and the growth you guys have seen in your firm. So I really appreciate you guys taking the time to come on and share how it's been going for you.
1: Well, we appreciate you being interested. We're, we've been very excited to be a part of this program.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so maybe a great place to start is Rana, you guys maybe give a quick just background on uh, your start in the practice of law, the focus area of your practice in the region you guys are currently serving.
1: Okay, well, I, I went back to school kind of a little bit later in life and I got my undergrad degree and then went on and got my um, law degree first at UCO with my undergrad. University of Central Oklahoma, and then I went on to OCU, which is Oklahoma City University School of Law, and got my law degree. I graduated in 2005. Um, when I graduated, I was at our, actually already filed and was running for state senate in Oklahoma, and that was my primary focus when I first graduated law school. We ran all the way through to the primary and didn't win, which at the time, wasn't didn't make me real happy, but now I'm very thrilled to be doing what I do. Hmm. And um, after about two weeks of, setting, of shutting that down, um, I started. I opened up my practice and have been going ever since. Jay, Jay Shree, she was um, a part of my practice from about December of that year, which would have been 2006 forward, um, being kind of the office manager of my practice. And we've basically been running this together ever since. We, um, I've always been a solo practitioner, it's either been me and Jay Shree, and then we brought in my niece, Julia, who also has helped run the office as well and done reception work and is now our financial manager doing billing and invoicing and collecting of the finances. Um, we started with Unbundled at the end of July. July 21st. Yeah, July, uh, July 21st, and have been going gangbusters ever since.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> literally <laughs> yeah maybe a, a good place to start would just be you know an overview snapshot of of where things were at you know in you know come up, up to july as far as you know i don't know maybe the now the clients or amount of staff or just a snapshot of where things were and then there's been you know quite a significant transition over the last three months of the way you guys have grown things out so maybe you can you know bring take us through you know, an overview of kind of what 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 has happened over these last three months, and then maybe we can start diving into the processes and the the things you guys have had to go through in order to make that transition.
1: Right. Well, up until July twenty first, um, we had nine clients. I we've got a spreadsheet here of how many of all the clients that we have. That's nine clients for twenty sixteen. We um, signed on with Unbundled on July 21st, and we now have 50 clients for for 2016. So that's 41 clients since July 21st wow. that we've taken on. Um, and we just signed um, another client, did a retainer today as well. Oh, So we now have 51 clients. Instead <laughs> of 50 clients. We started out originally when I was contacted, um, we started out with just Oklahoma County. Um, Oklahoma County. Oklahoma County and Tulsa County are the two probably most populated counties in Oklahoma. And we just started out with Oklahoma County and worked that for a couple of weeks or so. And then we expanded to include Canadian County. And well, and then we decided to go ahead and just do all the surrounding counties surrounding Oklahoma County We eventually, we ventured into Tulsa County, and we have quite a few clients out of Tulsa County, but we have looked for an attorney in Tulsa County to contract with and haven't been successful in getting that taken care of. And so um, in the last couple of weeks, we've uh, put that kind of on hiatus for now and have just expanded our reach into the surrounding counties around Oklahoma County, which primarily just takes in the whole middle part of the state and that's what we're focused on right now i started out like i said i've always been a solo practitioner with my with jay Shree as my office manager and then my niece coming in and helping as well and we i've done that for years basically for almost nine ten years and then um once we started unbundled attorney within a couple of weeks i realized that there was no way in the world i could keep up with all the clients that we were dealing with, whether we were just talking to them or getting them in to talk about them hiring me. And so I realized very quickly that we needed to do something else. And so not only did we, we have we had taken in two new attorneys, we've also expanded the actual office space that we were in because it was really set up for one attorney. We talked with our office, our building manager, and we tore down a couple of walls so that we could expand into the office space next, next to us. We have hired two new attorneys to work with us and have hired um, other clerical staff to help. And just and this was all done fairly quick. It was all done like right on top of each other because it was all happening so fast that we just had to make all these kinds of moves fairly quickly to make sure that we were actually representing the clients well and not letting anything fall through the cracks.
0: Right. So I guess the first step is, okay, we've got a lot more clients coming in and so there, there, there's a need to immediately bring on. So maybe you can kind of go one step at a time. As far as you know, once you guys obviously are getting the leads coming in, people are hiring you. And you start to realize, okay, I don't know if we can continue to sustain this amount of work. We need to bring on new attorneys. So what was what was the 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 phases of growth that you guys had to? Was it did you need to have a, some some support staff first, or was it well, know, bringing on partner we, attorneys? Maybe we can walk through how that's evolved.
1: What we did first is we got – there was two attorneys that I was um, aware of, one that I had worked with in a different area of law quite a, quite a lot, and I knew her work ethic. I also knew how she was in court, and so I contacted her, and she came in, and she she basically came on working even though we had the limited space. And so she was meeting with clients in my office or – doing something, she was she was working that way until we were able to expand the actual office space itself. And then we also brought in an attorney who was fairly new in um, the practice of law that we felt like we she wanted to be mentored, we felt like we needed to mentor her more. And so we, she came on as well. So the first stage was really bringing in these attorneys because that to me was the utmost importance of making sure we were representing the clients well. And making sure they were nothing was falling through the cracks in that respect. And then, um, as it so happened, the the people who leased the office right next to us recently moved out, and so we contacted the building owner and manager and said, "Hey, we're interested. We need more space now, not in the future, but we need it like right now." We looked around in the building itself to see if there was space that we could move into, and we also considered just knocking down walls and venturing into the This other space, and that's what we did. We ended up knocking down a couple of walls so that we could just incorporate the entire unit as our unit. And so that was kind of the next step was doing that, getting that done, and bringing and providing office space for these new attorneys and our clerical staff as well. We ended up hiring someone on a part-time basis to do reception work and create files and help out somewhat with our financial manager. um, I can only imagine
0: when you guys were, you know, knocking down these walls and trying to do this expansion. That must have been a no. It
1: was absolute chaos. It was (laughs) chaos. Yeah, it was chaos. Because not only do we have new attorneys trying to bring in their furniture and trying to create their space, we've got walls that are being created and carpet needing to be put down and doors being made and. And, just a sign uh, on the door says,
0: "Please excuse the transition yeah, here." Yeah,
1: <laughs> pretty much. I mean, we had, and I've had my, my former clients coming in, going, "What in the world is going on in here?" It's always just <laughs> been you. Now, all of a sudden, all this is going on, and then we've had people that were, we had people that hired us through this transition that were like, you know, kind of coming in and looking at everything, we were like, please just excuse the mess. We're just expanding. It's all happening. For, it's this. It felt like it was happening right on top of itself. It, but everything had to happen in order for us to get where we needed to be, because I, I couldn't let one thing slide and not, you know, we had to have the attorneys in. And basically what happens now is when a lead is called, they, you know, they're filtered either to one of those attorneys, one of those attorneys, and eventually, and occasionally I'm taking one, but I'm so booked up with what I had previously and just everything, in fact, we're, I have told Jay Shree that um, within the next month or two, we're probably going to need to bring in another attorney just for the Oklahoma City area, just because everyone's getting saturated with how many clients we have. It's just not stopping, which is a good problem to have.
0: Yeah, yeah, and maybe well, you could talk a little bit more about. is we have a lot of attorneys that are dealing with the same challenges as far as you know, how do we expand? How do we, you know, grow the practice well, with the new influx of leads? How, how was it? What maybe? Can you share a little bit about? how you forge the relationship with these attorneys, you know, whatever you can share about, I don't know if you, how you structure the, you know, when you bring in the client and they pay, do you, do you pay the attorneys as contract lawyers within your own service or, or do you pay them a specific hourly rate? And can you talk a little bit about that so that attorneys have a bit of a framework to, to use to be able to, uh, when they're looking at bringing on another attorney or contracting with attorney in a different office, what that starts to look like?
2: Well, I would say first off for the attorneys that are listening you need to be very methodical because this has the potential to get out of hand really quickly. And you know, Rhonda and I make a good team because she's more big picture and I'm more detailed. And so, you know, even when we were expanding the office, she was like, Just sign the contract and I'm like, No, we need to negotiate the lease and you know, we we don't just need to rush into this. Although we did rush into it, we got out of it what we wanted. So you know you just need to take it a step at a time, and you need to be pretty methodical um and as far as the attorneys that we hired, um they're contract attorneys, so they're all they're ten ninety nine mm-hmm. in Oklahoma. you can't fee split and you can't rain make, so to speak um and so what we do is we cover the overhead we pay you know, they don't pay us rent. We're not subletting our office. We pay, we cover the lease. Um, they office out of here. Um, we pay their malpractice insurance. Um, you know, we pay their phones as far as the phones in the office. Mm-hmm.
1: So I don't know if that answered your question, but well, I- and then they get paid a certain percentage of what they work and um, we get a certain percentage and they get a certain percentage and that's, how we have structured it with them, and that's what we would like to do for um, attorneys that are out of county, that are out of our, out of this particular area. If we could get someone in Tulsa or in the other areas of the state, that's how we would like to structure it as well. We're even um, we consider we ha- we know of a space in the Tulsa County area that we could rent, and we were we're prepared to do that as long once we have an attorney there. So we would cover that, we would do the same thing that we're doing here only as a satellite office in Tulsa. We would cover the rent, we would cover their malpractice insurance and all their supplies and things like that, that we would get a percentage of what they, the, the hours they work and on the clients that we, they get from us and we would get a percentage as well. And that's, that's how we've structured it and that's what seems to have worked best. And the two attorneys that we have right now are so busy right now that they like I've got a, my attorney one of my attorneys is in Tulsa she was there for a hearing yesterday and has stayed over she's got family there so she stayed over and is dealing with another client or two there today and she'll be back in the office tomorrow so and then I but the other attorney I have that works with me is going to be heading down to Norman and then over to Shawnee to deal with two clients that she's she's that's all she's doing is working on clients that we are giving her
0: Right. And I'm not sure if you'd be open to sharing or not. It's totally up to you. But um, is there any specifics you guys can share as far as what you think is maybe a fair split on? Let's say you guys are. I'm not sure what your standard hourly rate is, maybe 225 or 250 or whatever you're billing by the hour. What that split might look like and and that might change for you as this evolves. But, you know, is it like, you know, one attorney gets 150 an hour, you get 100 or how does that usually pencil out? Uh, or is it done on the hour? Is it done on the case? Is it done on the rate? is it, if it's a flat rate? is that change, or have you guys so, thought that through so far? so
2: the so the hourly rate of the firm is two hundred and forty dollars mm-hmm. um and we basically um we build all our clients at the two hundred and forty dollar rate, and then when it comes time to pay the attorneys, they get fifty five percent and we get forty five percent,
0: okay. Right. And one thing also I wanted to thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it, Jay Shree. So mm-hmm. they have an idea of, you know, how to think about how to create their relationship, what that financially could look like. It's really helpful um, to share those specifics. So thank you. Um, yeah. And, you know, you mentioned before it was really important to be very methodical in the way you, you explored this. Be very meticulous about the selection of the attorneys you guys worked with the leasing relationships and these types of things. How have you guys been able to, to balance that out? I mean, I'm sure it's been a challenge mentally, maybe even emotionally to, to make such a, you know, quick and math, you know, very, I mean, it's been three months here. I mean, you guys have gone from, you know, a small office and, and just, you know, a solo practice practice to, you know, three going on four attorneys and, you know, multiple offices and so forth. So um, what, what, what has helped for you guys to, 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 to keep centered and, and, and to, Make this transition uh, intelligently from a state of presence, and and do so uh, uh, effectively as well.
1: Well, one it was I will say it was a little bit of a struggle for me as an attorney emotionally, and because I don't know how I'll, I know I know, don't want to generalize all attorneys and how they're they think or personality wise, but I know that for me, I have pretty much been in control of my office, my clients. I knew every client that came through my office because they were mine. And so it's been a little bit of an emotional adjustment for me to have to deal with that feeling of a loss of control, so to speak, because there's people coming into my office now, names on my list of clients clients this firm are representing that I've never met and I don't know these names and wouldn't know these people on the street if I saw them. So that's been a little bit of an adjustment for me, but I, I know my staff well and I know my staff is, and I know the attorneys well enough to know that things are working well and are under control. So, I don't have to deal with that. It's just a personal issue more than anything. But um, one of the ways that we, one of the things that we implemented almost immediately once we got this staff in was to have weekly staff meetings just to center ourselves and for me to kind of have to be able to look at everyone's face and say, okay, what's going on with you? What's going on with you? Uh, do you have any questions? And they'll, the attorneys will come and bounce issues off or questions off of, with me and um, that's helped to have that uh, that staff meeting once a week and if we can't meet once a week then i'll send out a memo of the issues i have and they can send a send back a memo addressing any issues that they have as well um one you know something to think about that was something that we had to deal with is you know when you're a solo practitioner you have a certain amount of phones you have a certain number of computers you have a certain number of all sorts of things and, over, and that's one of the things that we had to address fairly quickly was a phone system trying to make sure we had phones in offices and phones for everyone and a system that would actually work. And um, we do use our cell phones some when we're not in the office, but we wanted to have some kind of a system in place while we were in the office. Um, computers, that's another issue. We're, we're still in the process of um, acquiring enough computers for everyone. But those are things that when Jay Shree says methodical, we're we're extremely methodical and really not the kind of people that jump in and just start inc- um, incurring a ton of expense without knowing for sure that we can maintain sustain that expense financially. And so we just kind of take it a step at a time when it comes to all those kinds of things. But those are things that every attorney needs to kind of think about because just because we extended our floor space and it also increased our rent to some degree, um, we also still had to, we had to think about phones and we had to think about computers and we had to think about all these other issues as well and billing system and a, a working um, cl- a system for ca- um, calendaring and docketing of things. And so we've had to to deal with those issues as well. And we have, and we feel like we've been successful at that as well, but it's definitely issues that had to be thought about and discussed and decided on and what, how we were going to handle those things.
0: Yeah. And Rhonda, you you mentioned, I want to circle back a little bit, you know, that you're transitioning from being a sole practitioner where, and you were, you mentioned the word control. And I think that's something that, you know, I can only imagine that, making that transition i mean i have in business as well where you know you have to hire people to take over some of the tasks that you know initially you start off doing everything yourself and most attorneys start there is as a solo answering the phones you know handling every aspect of the case dealing with email you know just you know stupid nuts everything that they're doing and so how what 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 has been helpful for you or was there a you know, realization or something that you had to go through for yourself to be able to kind of let go of the reins with certain things and, and just allow that. Cause, you know, I remember, you know, even bringing on someone on our team, it's like, those are things that you're now paying them to do. And so there's, there's an aspect of yourself that goes, well, if I could do it, I could make, you know, I could be making that. But when you start, when you really take a step back, you realize, well, there's so much more I can accomplish if we're all working together, even if on individual tasks, it's, you know, you're, you know, you may not make so much on each one thing or something. So how have you been able to reconcile that so that you can to, so you can make that shift to the next level to grow?
1: Well, and it wasn't easy, I will say. I mean, even just the way that this system, the unbundled attorney system works, it wasn't really, was a transition for me because I didn't deal with my clients the way that unbundled likes for attorneys to deal with their clients in such a way. I mean, I never talked to my clients on the, I never, if someone called in needing legal advice, they needed to come in and meet with me as opposed to just me talking to them on the phone and so that was a transition for me and I adapted to that and was willing to at least entertain to see what, how effective the Unbundled Attorney Program was and it was highly effective in um, bringing in new clients and being able to service the Oklahoma City and Oklahoma County area. And so that took a little bit of an adjustment, but I was open to it. Jay Shree was somewhat forceful in saying, you know, hey, just give it a shot. Let's see how this works and see if it will, you know, it won't hurt to at least try it their way and see how that goes. And so I was, I did that and we've done that ever since and it's really been very uh, productive for us. But I think the key thing for me is for, for dealing with this loss of control and knowing that I've got all these clients that are coming in, and I don't know and haven't, and I don't have any dealings with, is having the competent attorneys and having the competent staff that I have, knowing that they are very competent in dealing with the issues. I've got a financial manager that is trained on billing, and she basically what we do in our office is when an attor- when someone comes in to meet with an attorney. They deal with the attorney, initially the client does and talks to the attorney, gets all the legal advice, gets the basically what we call a blueprint of what can happen in their case and what we can do for them. And then my financial manager takes over from there and discusses the contract, the payment arrangements, all of that, and if there's any question whatsoever, they'll bring that issue to me and get my okay if it's something a little bit on the out of the norm of what we do before they'll and get my approval but so that's having competent staff, having competent attorneys, also having those staff meetings once a week has really helped to make me feel like I I'm, even though I'm not in control of everything, at least I'm I've got my I've got a my finger on everyone knowing kind of what's going on and how things are things are moving the way they need to and not letting cases drag or not letting um clients not get communicated with things like that because that's extremely important for me that um, we stay in contact with our clients as needed and things like that. So it's taken a little bit of an emotional adjustment for me because uh, but uh, um, I've just I've got some really good people around me that support me and support this office and I think that really helps.
0: Yeah absolutely. And, and, and you mentioned you've made some transitions from the, the way in which you used to work with your clients and some of the strategies or, you know, processes that you has had. Now now you're doing the initial calls with the leads and so forth. Can you talk about, you know, what those transitions were as far as the, diff- the different ways in which you are now, you know, calling the clients and sharing, um, you know, getting them in the office and taking a deposit or, or whatever it was that you you guys have implemented in order to be effective? Or were changes that we, you know, shared with you that were suggested that you've now implemented that have, you know, had, had the um, you know, positive impact you're talking about.
1: Well, and initially, for pretty much my whole career, um, I've had someone who's been somewhat of a gatekeeper between me and the clients. And so, when anyone would call the office, with, and we we didn't do a lot of advertising. The only advertising we've ever done primarily has been either through social media or um, the phone book, and we did that for quite a while the phone book and we are no longer doing that either but whenever and my business was built primarily on word of mouth from people either who had hired me previously or friends or people in the community and so that's how my business was primarily created over time and so if anyone called to want to talk to me or make get legal advice they would um, set them up an appointment and we always um, they would have an initial consultation fee whenever they would make an appointment. If they paid, if they came in and they had paid that, then that would, if they hired me, that would go towards their retainer if they hired me. If they, they didn't hire me, then um, they got some legal advice for, and we usually charged half of my hourly rate. So like for right now, it would be $120. But before Unbundled Attorney, they never got to really talk to me over the phone. Um, so once we started with Unbundled, we did start using the script that y'all had provided in regards to how to talk to the clients. And so I started doing that, using that script of, you know, letting this, the client basically do their initial consultation over the phone. That's kind of how I looked at it was that they're doing their initial consultation over the phone. I'm getting all their information. I'm kind of discerning whether it's something our office can handle or not. And if it is something that our office can handle, I, I, give them an idea of, yes, we can do that. Yes, you do have a case. Yes, there is some, you know, you probably do need to speak with, get, um, get with an attorney if that's your choice, if that's what you want to do. We ask them the, the questions like, you know, have you, have you talked to other attorneys? Have you considered using someone else? And they'll, you know, it's not unusual to hear the same stories that we hear through, uh, uh, you know, different other podcasts of different of people saying, yeah, I've called an attorney and they won't see me for less than $3,000 dollars. And we still we um, if someone wants to meet with an attorney, we do ask that they pay that hundred and twenty dollar um, and meet to come in and meet with them with an attorney and what we continue to tell them is that that is you know you've had kind of an initial consultation over the phone. This gives you an opportunity to meet with an attorney face to face. If you hire us, if you hire this firm, then that $120 will be moved towards your retainer. If you choose not to hire us, then you basically got to meet with an attorney face to face for $120 and get legal, you know, all the legal advice you could get for an hour. For 120 dollars and i try to help them understand you know you just told me that you couldn't talk to an attorney for less than $3,000. dollars you you're actually getting to talk to an attorney for 120 dollars if you whether you hire us or not and that seems to kind of go over well with with our clients um i initially was doing all the calling back of leads and um my jay Shree, my office manager was doing it occasionally when i was in court because I am in court every Monday and Thursday doing a different type of docket than just family law, and so um, I was not necessarily available on Monday and Thursday to make those calls, and so she transitioned to calling those leads on Mondays and Thursdays, and she's extremely effective. Her, her um, degree, her, her, her undergrad degree is a public relations degree, and so she's very well versed in talking to people and um, selling. And selling this office and helping the clients to understand what we can offer, and so she started doing that initially, or somewhat during the weeks. And then I had to take a week-long uh, trip out of out of the city, and she basically just stepped in and started doing all of the calling from that point forward in that week for that week, um, dealing with clients. And nothing really fell through the cracks. Everyone that was called, they were either setting appointments or saying they'd call back and making appointments later, but she was able to get everyone on the phone. And what we do is once we get someone on the, if we don't get someone on the phone, if we have to leave a message, then we follow up with a text or a, or a and or an email, letting them know that we've tried to contact them and that we'd be more than happy to visit with them and see what we can do to help them. If we, if, um, We don't get a response we what we have been doing is going back in in some of the clients that we haven't been able to reach and following up with another email or another text or another phone call and just reaching out again and we do that about two two to three times and if we don't get any results from that then we move on from that person we have a lot of people that will call We'll give the spiel. We'll go through the script and tell everything. And they may say that they can't come up with $120 right now. But it's not unusual for that same person to call back that, next, that afternoon or the next day or even the next week and say, hey, I came up with it now. I want to make my appointment. Can we do this? We're also open to doing, and we have done a few phone consultations. We've also, um, we would implement FaceTime or Skype consultations as well. We've just not had very many people take us up on that but that's primarily how it works. And for my office with as many leads that are coming in, having someone competent that can actually follow up and call the leads as well to take that off my shoulders. Some has been a huge benefit and um, I'm, I'm feel very blessed that I have that.
0: Yeah. And, you know, initially you were, you had been calling all the leads yourself. Um, Can you talk a little bit about, I mean, there's, there's been some attorneys that have shared that, you know, they tried to have someone else start doing the call and, usually it was, you know, a secretary or maybe a paralegal or someone that maybe doesn't have the background and skill set that, that Jay Shree has. So I'm sure that's that's been a major factor that she's just a really good communicator. She's, you know, going to be, she, you mentioned, you know, sell the firm. You know, a lot of, we right. had a previous podcast episode maybe to, you know, with, with Tara where we were talking about sales and sales techniques. And, you know, that's a, a word I think that, you know, attorney, a lot of attorneys, you know, they say, well, I'm not a salesperson. But, you know, in reality that, you know, the, the only way that a client is going to enroll in your service is a sale is made and you have to convince them and share with them the benefits and values of, you know, making that, you know, of working with your firm versus anyone else. And so that is a, in essence, a sales call. And so, you know, you were doing that initially and obviously having some success. Was there a transition period where, you know, Jay Shree was listening to you do those calls or how, do, how were you able to set her up to be able to take that over? and and be able to still be effective at doing those lead calls was were you guys doing some of them together did you listen to her and make sure she was okay or was she just you know great right out of the right out of the gate following the script I mean what did that look like uh, as a maybe a and, and maybe or and what would you be looking for if maybe say Jay J- Shree all of a sudden wasn't able to do the calls or something and you need to bring someone in what would you make sure that that person understood how to do so that you don't have you know what other attorneys have experienced where you know all of a sudden they're you know they're not having the same type of conversion rate to from those initial calls.
1: Right, well, and I agree that Jayshree is set up in a way that she could take that on initially, but what what we did do, she did listen to me take some of these calls. She also has read the script that that was provided to us through Unbundled Attorney, and um, she read through that, and she bought into that script and pretty much made it her own, and so she uses that script um, pretty much with every client that she calls. Um, I've got other people in my office that I don't know that I would loosen the reins on as far as allowing them to be the ones to call. I feel I would want to make sure that someone has read the script, knows the script, and and is invested in the firm to the point that they know that this is, That they do have to make those. It is a sales call. It's not just a call, hey, I see you reached out. Do you want an attorney or not? You've got to actually sell your firm because they don't know you from Adam. Most of the people that we had that came to us prior to Unbundled Attorney were people that had been referred to us that had either used our services before, know me from, you know, from Oklahoma City, from the Oklahoma City area, know me in some way, shape, or form. So, People that are calling or reaching out to us through unbundled attorney don't have any idea who Rhonda telford Naidu is. They just know that they need an attorney. They know that they want, they, they're reaching out to some random person out there and hoping someone's going to reach back. So you do have to sell yourself. You have to sell your firm. You have to sell what you can do and help them to feel confident that they are going to get good service and that they are going to be represented well and um, and that it's going to be done at a, at a pay scale that they can afford. We, I do emphasize to the people that we talk to that we aren't free, we, um, we aren't legal aid. We are a, you know, we do expect to be paid by our clients and, but we do offer payment arrangements and we offer, offer it according to their, you know, their schedule of payment and things like that. And we try to offer it at a reasonable enough rate. We, and it, you know, if someone retains us for f- full representation, their contract is to um, is initially a contract for 10 hours of work, and that's what they're paying off. That's their payment arrangement. If we go over that 10 hours, then that's up to them if they want us to continue. And most, and we tell them up front that a lot of, uh, especially family law cases, divorces, custody proceedings, can go over 10 hours fairly quickly, and they know that up front. But they know that the contract itself is for 10 hours worth of work. If we go over that, the payments will just continue. As they have, as you know, if they have a $240 payment arrangement each month, then they'll just keep paying that $240 each month until their bill is paid in full. So, um, but someone has to be very well versed in those in that language, and um, they have to have, like I said, they need to buy into that script that the unbundled attorney offers because that's really what's been effective in regards to reaching out to these people and selling the firm. I don't know if Jayshree has anything she wants to add because she's been doing the majority of the calls because literally for the last two weeks, well, two and a half weeks, really, I have been out of the office in some way, shape, or form and have not been in a place to be able to make the call. Well, I would say a lot of the ease of
2: us calling or me calling the leads is we do have a payment plan to offer them. You know, we're not, and I know that's, Kind of scary for attorneys to not get your money up front, but payment plans are great. I mean, just to kind of give you an idea, just through unbundled attorney, the and I just went through this list and it may not be completely accurate, I may be missing a couple of clients, but through unbundled attorney clients, we have received in our hands, $30,709 to date. This is not including the $6,385 that clients are continuing to pay monthly through their credit card. So that's on top of new clients, we're still getting the $6,000 plus coming in monthly that we're not having to chase a client for. You know, I mean, out of all this, we may have two clients that their card will decline. So, you know, when we offer a payment arrangement, that's kind of like residual money that's coming in, and they may not even have a hearing until February of next year, but that money is still coming in. And so when we do have the hearing, we just pull that out of their trust to cover that hearing.
1: One of the things that I've been really amazed at is that, you know, like I I know what it's like to be a solo practitioner and to live month to month not knowing if you're going to have money to pay rent or if you're going to have money to pay your staff or if you're going to have money to eat on. I've been there and we've had really great years and we've had some really dry years depending on the economy and depending on just circumstances in general. And one of the things that I've noticed after taking, going with Unbundled Attorney is that almost without fail if i go and i look at my bank account where the money is being funneled into almost without fail every day of the week there has been a deposit made which has been i don't know for any other solo practitioner out there that wasn't the case prior to unbundled attorney you know i i knew when money should be coming in i knew what weeks were going to be better because of how we've um structured our payment arrangements and i knew what weeks were going to be a little bit more dry and some a little bit more flush but literally since we started with unbundled attorney i could, there's probably a handful of days besides the weekend which there's no deposits made on the weekend but monday through friday almost there's probably just a handful of days since we've started that i can literally go into my bank account and see that a deposit's been made and it may not be a huge deposit but it's something and every day almost inevitably in the morning when I go to check the bank account, there's money there. There's money that's been put it deposited through either law pay or something, you know, we pay, we made the deposit the day before or something with a money order or whatever. But we, it, and that's kind of a nice thing to happen because when you're a solo practitioner, you, you you live according to how your clients pay you. And if they don't pay, then you don't you may not eat that day. So, you know, we know what that's like. And so to be able to have that money that we know that, you know, every day there's either because of the payment arrangements we've made or because of someone coming in and paying that 120 or someone hiring us full retainer, we know that almost every day there's going to be at least something deposited into the account to cover these expenses, these extra expenses we've taken on or the the payroll that we've taken on or things like that. And so that's been a huge blessing by taking by going ahead and going with this program
0: yeah and this is something that i can envision there's a lot of attorneys and when we share these you know that recommend that they offer these options that i think some attorneys feel like you know well what what if they you know don't make their payments or you know what you know that they 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 see it as you know they they're setting themselves up to be in a position where they may not get paid and that's a, a place of uncertainty that you know a lot of attorneys want to know I've got the money in hand which is why I think the you know majority of attorneys out there require 3 to 5000 up front because they're you know understandably concerned that they don't want to be in a position where they're representing a client where they're not getting paid anymore because you know they're they're tied to their 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 honor and record to make sure that they continue to represent that client irrespective of their financial budget and right. so you know I think that's really helpful Jay Shree for you to share you know, what the actual numbers are. But there's also that other side where now all of a sudden, because you're offering these types of, you know, w- more flexible retainers, more affordable payment options and so forth, you have so many more clients coming on and so few that are, you know, de- declining on their bills, as Trace Rhee shared, that you know, the 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 upside of the amount of people you now get to work with and that are referring you and, and you know, the cash flow, like you said, the comfort and security of knowing that, you know, you guys have 6,500, you know, plus, and it's growing every single month of money coming in no matter what, that's already been secured by the firm, you know, must Mm -hmm. really, it's, can you share, you know, how that's been for you and what those numbers really look like for any attorneys that are reluctant about, you know, offering a more, you know, a lower upfront retainer and doing the payment plans and so forth and how that's transformed your firm and, and, and how that feels for you guys as well.
1: Well, I, I can speak initially that, you know, before we started with unbundled attorney, we we've always offered a payment arrangement of some sort. Maybe not quite like we're doing it right now, but we've always offered a payment arrangement because I've always been in the position that I and I couldn't hire an attorney for three thousand dollars. Walk in with three thousand up front, and so I know that that's been that would be difficult for just about the majority of Americans these days, and so. We've always offered something like that, just it's never been quite to the extent it is, and it's never been the, to the what you quoted about $6,500 a month. We've never had it quite that high. I will say, though, that um, and it, I can understand an attorney being a little bit fearful of that if they've never worked with that kind of a payment arrangement or that kind of a program, but I will tell you, that because we've always pretty much done it this way, there was a an entire year that I was unable to practice law. I For, for the most part, I was just surviving because I was going through cancer treatment for an entire year. And because we had set up these payment arrangements and because we had done our system the way we have, that's basically how we survived. We had all those payment arrangements that were making, being paid monthly as well as a little bit of savings that we were working working off of. And that's what paid our mortgage and what paid our rent and paid our basic uh, utility needs and got us through that year. Had it not been for that, if we had done just the, you know, come in with 3000 or we don't talk to you, I don't know how we would have survived that year. And that was prior to Unbundled Attorney, but it's still, with Unbundled Attorney, just in three months, we've seen that system that we've been doing and has been working just be magnified tenfold because of, the putting this continuing with
0: the system in place, yeah. And, and can you so, yeah, I appreciate that. And, and can you share a little bit more? Maybe we can dive into for attorneys that are you know considering offering you know payment plans, or now that they're maybe considering it, perhaps you know when they start to see the economics of it, um, and also you know how good that can feel, knowing that you know the, the basics are covered, and you can then you know just go about the practice of law and working with each client, not having to worry about how you're going to you know pay the rent at the end of the month. Can you talk about the types of payment arrangements you offer? Um, Maybe, you know, start with how you, do you communicate that specifics, you know, as far as what that initial retainer may look like on the initial call, or do you really just talk about them coming in, putting together a strategy and just paying that initial, you know, 120 for that hour of time. And then in that meeting, then you kind of figure out where the person is at financially, what needs to be done, how quickly does it need to be done? And, and let that dictate the, the how much they need to pay up front and what they're going to be paying monthly and so forth. So maybe you can, can you shine a little bit of light on, on what those options will look like and how you convey that to the client through this process?
2: Yeah. Um, so, you know, when we call a lead, you know, we basically tell them to come in for a face-to-face. It's going to be $120. Um. Of course, by this point, we've already gauged, you know, whether they're price shopping or whether this is something where they've got a court date pending and they have to do this. Um,
0: yeah. Cause that's covered in the and, script. Right. Yeah,
2: Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you kind of were able to gauge how desperate they are for lack of a better word. And so depending on what we hear, we do or do not say, you know, if you decide to hire our office, we just move that towards your retainer. There are some clients we don't say that to. Um, and then from there, you know, they some of them will ask, what is your retainer? And what I always say is, our retainer is $2,400. It covers you for 10 hours' worth of work. Um, now, in the event that you don't have that up front, we will certainly sit down and do a payment arrangement with you. And some of them would be, you know, would ask, well, what does that look like? And what I tell them is, if you're seriously interested in hiring an attorney, you need to have at least $600 with you. And that would be the hundred and twenty for the consult and four hundred and eighty down. Okay. I know a lot of marketing people say that's a bad idea to tell them up front, but we've had tremendous success with just being upfront and honest and if nothing else, no one's wasting each other's time. Right. You know, if they don't have the six hundred, and there have been people that have told me, I don't have that. But they will call me like the very next week and go, my mom lent me $600. Can I make the appointment? And Mm -hmm. so I'll take the $120 payment over the phone and they will walk in with the 480. Right. And so, you know, I mean, but we kind of structure it. The very lowest we will go is on top of the 120, the 480 down, we won't go below 480 because that kind of covers us for two and a half hours worth of work, which is what it usually takes to prepare the documents and file them. Right. And then as far as our payment arrangements, after the down payment, we won't go lower than $240. So they can either make once a month payment in the amount of $240 or biweekly payments in the amount of $120 or even weekly payments in the amount of $60. Which 70% of Americans can afford $60. Right. You know, a week. And so, you know, they appreciate the fact that we don't try and set them up to fail and we make it very affordable for them. And so, you know, by this point, we're talking volume. I mean, we've got so much work and. We're getting, you know, we're obviously seeing a huge return on the way we do things. And so that's, you know, and we do tell our clients up front, the minute you default on your payment, we're not going to chase you for payment. We will call you once or twice, and then we suspend all work on your case. Right. You know, and so when Julia calls them and says, hey, I ran your card and it declined, um, you know, we're going to suspend work on your case they immediately will call her back and either give her another credit card over the phone or they'll come in with cash, you know, they'll find somebody to call in with a payment. And so because they know they're not going to get a better deal than $60 a week.
1: Well, and one of the things that Jay has always done whenever she's talked to clients prior to us using Unbundled Attorney Services or even now is she's helped them to understand that if you're not invested in your case, You can't expect someone else to be, and that's one of the reasons why I I have, over the years, when I very first started into practice, I didn't charge an initial consultation fee, and I was very busy doing a lot of work and being in court a whole lot of time without getting paid a dime, and that unfortunately by not charging an, an initial consultation fee that's the kind of clients we were getting were people that weren't invested in their case and they wanted the work they wanted the attorney and they wanted the attorney to do the work but they didn't want to pay for that work and so for the majority of my career i have charged at least something and when i whenever i've talked to a client or when before i talked to the clients initially and you know someone else did if they were really balking at paying that $120 or whatever that initial was, which is really it's half of an hourly rate, and um, if they were really balking at it, you know, we would say, well, you know, you, you need to be invested as much as anyone else does. So if it's not worth $120 to you to talk to an attorney, then you can't really expect an attorney to want to sit down and talk to you either, if you're not willing to at least put that forth that little bit of money just to talk to the attorney. And that a lot of times will resonate with a with an individual because, like we've said, we've already vetted that they've probably talked to several attorneys that won't even talk to them for three thousand dollars. I had a had an individual tell me that an attorney told them without ten grand they weren't going to talk to them, and I was like, wow, wow, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought, who is that? I'd like to know who that is. But um, doing it this way, we are able to represent more people and help more people cuz i know that i know the perception of attorneys is they're extremely outrageously expensive i you know if i have to go hire one and we we can be very expensive i don't disagree with that but i don't think that we have to make it to where it's out of reach for the general population because the people that do reach out to us they have real needs and they have real issues that are going on and they do need help and if we can help them then we and i have very effective strong capable attorneys to help them. I want to be able to do that if they're willing to invest the time and the money in it as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And, and, you know, we have we have clients from 2012 that still pay us, you know, $120 every two
1: weeks. And they'll probably continue to do that for another two or three years. And one of the effective things about my office, and I Prior to becoming an attorney, I had had to use an attorney. I went through my own d- divorce years ago, and I determined at that time that if I was ever sitting on the other side of the table, that I would make sure that, one, that I um, responded to any calls or emails in a timely fashion within 12 to 24 hours of receiving the call and the email because I had attorneys that didn't. and. I would have to call numerous times to get any kind of a response. And second, I always um, wanted to make sure that any anyone that did retain us, that we were very diligent in sending out invoices and billing so that everyone all, will always know how much has been worked on their case, what has been paid, what is owed, and they're never left in the dark. Because I, both the attorneys that I worked with when I was going through the issues that I went through on a personal level, I never received an invoice until the case was over and then it was like here you owe this much money and it was a huge amount and it was something that we hadn't been prepared for and so I think that's important too to be accountable to the clients that they they know where their money's going by invoicing them and they also know how their I mean they know how their money's being spent and they're also being held accountable for making those payments and so that's one of the reasons why I do have someone in my office that her primary focus is billing clients and invoicing them and making sure that the clients are paying, and that the clients are being invoiced and that they're getting their their bill each month.
0: Yeah, and I, I want to just clarify one one a couple of small pieces there to tie the knots because I think you know, again, when someone when attorneys very seriously considering offer these options, the details are, I think are very important for them to make that transition, not make any. And not have to make any mistakes in the process. Jay Shree, I think you mentioned when the person, when you talk to them on the phone on the initial call and you talk about them coming in and again, $120 for an entire hour, I guess is, is very generous. And I think you can clarify that they need to make that investment. And I love how, you know, truth and honesty about that. If you mentioned if they ask, you know, what is the retainer fee cost? What is that? If they don't ask that, will you leave that to the initial appointment and just ha- and then deal with that in person? Um, yes. Okay, so only if they're giving specifics, you'll be very honest. And I don't know what marketing person would ever say if someone asks you, what's your retainer? You say, oh, well, we'll deal with that later. You know, I, I don't. I don't I agree with you 100% that you need to be yeah. transparent and honest and set a very clear expectation. And I love that you're keeping them accountable to the fact that they need to be invested just as mm-hmm. you are as well. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, if they're not bring, coming up with those questions and saying, well, what specifically is the retainer going to be? And they don't need to know that right then that being able to sit down with them, have them meet you, go over their strategy, put together a good plan, and then understand the full details of what needs to be done on the, on the time frame, that would give you, I would assume, a lot more information and also more comfort level on the client to be able to put that payment arrangement together and then communicate that in person, right?
2: Yes. Yeah, and once they come into the office, we don't deal with the money side of it because the minute the consultation is over – They meet with Julia, who's our financial manager, and all details are discussed with Julia. And she's the one that basically tells them what the retainer is, what the payment arrangement will look like. You know, of course, she doesn't start out with, it's 480 down. You know, she will start out with, this is what the retainer is, and then she gauges their response. And if they say, well, I don't have that, you know, then she'll ask them, do you have half of it? And if they say no, then she'll be like, okay, so why don't you tell me what you can afford and I can work around that. Hmm. And more, more often
1: than not, they come up with more than $480. <laughs> well, and one of the reasons that we started doing that was um, when I was dealing with billing or if I was dealing with invoicing and billing or trying to collect money from a client, that puts me in an adversarial position with my clients and I... I'm supposed to be representing them and advocating for them. And so putting me in an an adversarial position with them isn't in the the relationship's best interest to be able to represent them. And so that's what I will – I make sure that the attorneys that work for me as well as myself, that we convey that to the clients, that we're here to represent you as your attorney. That is our job. We will deal with the legal issues. Everything on the legal end of your case will be dealt with with the attorneys. When it comes to the financial end of the contract, the payment arrangements, the billing, and all of that, you will deal with Julia on that. And she deals with the collecting. She deals with the, hey, you're billed, your credit card didn't work run this month, so what are we going to do, and things like that. And that way it takes the attorneys out of that adversarial position and is just able to work for them. And then Julia also keeps us informed if a client's not paying to let us know, hey, you need to be working on these other cases cuz this client's not paying and so we need to stop work on that case and that's her responsibility to make sure that our the attorneys know that know the financial place of each each of the clients and so that's worked for this this office to kind of help keep those roles in place and those um those basically those boundaries um more defined for, and helps the client and i know that i've had other i've had clients Say to me how they really appreciate that because that way they know they can contact me and deal with me. And they know that ultimately, and I make sure they know that ultimately everything, you know, the buck stops here. I'm with my name on this firm. And so, you know, whenever Julia is meeting with a client, she has authority to go ahead and do the contract and make sure it's in place up to a certain. You know, a certain way, if it's going to be deviated very much, she will, she has to get my approval or she has to get someone's approval in order to go forward with it. So it's not like she's doing everything blind or without accountability either, but um, this way it just kind of helps, helps everyone to be able to either be an advocate for the client or whatever that is needed is taken care of.
0: Yeah, that's a position that I, you know, I haven't heard as often as you know, having a financial manager in the firm. Um, but that, uh, that seems, seems to me that that would really help when you're meeting with that client to really just stay focused in on what do we need to do legally to help you. And right. then and that, and it, 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 you don't have to switch roles somewhere in that conversation and go, okay, well, let's talk about what it's going to cost to get this done. It's just right. like you can just really focus in on, okay, well, this is what the legal aspects of the case. What needs to be filed? What needs to be Advising? You know, helping the com- client feel more comfortable, just really focusing on the relationship between you and that human being. And then mm-hmm. the fine, and then that next step is, you know, handled by someone else. And, and really, like you said, preserves that relationship, doesn't make it adversarial so that, you know, that, that the quality of the relationship and that, that focus is where you are, you are best. And then someone else can handle that for you. So has that, has that, right. been, has that felt a lot better for you to be able to stay, stay within just that one, just the focus of the legal case itself and not the finances? <laughs>
1: It does, and and don't get me wrong. I mean, I've had to file motions to withdraw for not making their payment arrangements, and I have to do that. I have to be the one in court. I have to deal with that adversarial situation. And as attorneys, we all have to deal with that. But as a general day-to-day practice, it's really nice to not have to do that. And that, you know, when I meet with a client initially, and they'll, you know, eventually they'll get around to, well, so how much is this going to cost me, or what, you know, what am I, what am I looking at here? Um, I'll tell them, you know, well, if you're ready... If you're ready to proceed and looking at hiring me, then we need. I need you to speak with Julia and go over the contract and what that's going to look like. And I can't start working until the contract is signed, and until um, all of that has been formulated. And um, so then we, you know, we walk. I walk them into Julia's office, and she takes care of that. And that's a real load off of an attorney's back of knowing that I'm going to handle the legal issues. I don't have to deal with the billing issues, and I don't have to deal with all of that. So it, yes, it's definitely a it's nice to have that.
0: And you don't quote this. So if they ask you, you know, at that point you say, well, you know, that's, you know, that Julia can work with you specifically on what our fee structures are. We do offer payment plans, but you don't really get into specifics as that's not your role. Your role is just to help them with their case. And then Julia will share what the different fee arrangement options there are and how they can go about proceeding from there.
1: Right. I mean, I have, you know, in at some points I have gone ahead and gotten into it a little bit, but I really try to keep that with with them talking that out with Julia, because Julia does negotiate with them and talk to them about all that. And I really prefer her to to be able to do that. And, but I, you know, if someone's like, well, no, I just really want to know what, what is your retainer? What does it look like? You know, I'll tell them, I, well, our retainer is $2,400 up front. And, but but if you can't do that, we can make payment arrangements and work with you on that. And that's, and then I'll continue, you know, to kind of kind of push them towards, you know, and Julia can talk to you about that and you can work all that out with her. and and then they, they normally will go ahead and go forward with that.
0: Right, right, exactly. And I will
1: say, if we can get these people, once we get, you know, if we can talk to them over the phone and we get them into the office, I would say about 80, 85% of the people that actually make it into the office hire us for some, you know, in some way, shape, or form. So we know it's yeah. key to get them, get them into the office.
0: Yeah. Like you, you said, as you said before, they haven't, they don't know on Telford and I do yet. So the opportunity for them to come in, meet with you, sit down and also, you know, develop a relationship of rapport and trust and confidence is, is really, really important. Um, right. And you guys obviously have a great process in order, in order to get them to that, to that, to that next step. I'll spend just a, just a brief moment on this. I know you guys offer unbundled uh, services where you do you know just docking preparation, they let the client file themselves and so forth. I know most of the clients, because of the flexibility your payment options, have been using the the payment plan approach. But can you share maybe just you know spend a minute or something on the the unbundled options you offer as well? Because you have had a few clients take you up on that too.
1: We offer. Uh, we offer, you know, a limited scope as far as we can. We've had a client hire us to just do some research. We've had a client hire us to just prepare documents. We had a client who he wanted. He's basically hired us to retain full representation, but he he took the paperwork. He went and made his own copies. He didn't want us to do that. He didn't want to be charged for his copies, things like that. But we have maybe a handful of people that will hire us to do just. One thing or just a couple of things it's a little difficult in Oklahoma to just to enter a case on a limited basis if you enter a case if you file an entry of appearance it you can file it as a limited appearance but once you're entered into that case most judges it doesn't matter what your entry says they are expecting you to be there so it's a little difficult to enter a case just for one hearing or just for you know, a show cause hearing or just for a temporary order hearing. If you've entered for that reason, more likely than not, the next hearing that comes up, if you're not there, even though your entry may say it was only for that one hearing, a judge is going to expect you there. So that makes it a little difficult as far as doing that kind of representation. But we can definitely create just the documents and let the the clients file those themselves or, um, you know, do research or write a letter. We've offered that. You know, there's certain situations that it just requires writing a letter to, an you know, an individual to maybe get them to start complying with their original order, things like that. I've done that over the years as well through Unbundled. We, we Like I said, um, probably a handful of people have hired us on a limited basis. For the most part, people that ha- come in and hire us, they – they want an attorney to be with them from start to finish because it's really scary to walk into a courtroom and represent themselves. So I always tell the story how my daughter ended up in a courtroom one time not too long ago, and she she came and talked to me later and said, you know, they just speak a whole different language. And I'm like, I know that, and that's why you need to have an attorney with you. And that's how a lot of our clients feel is that they're entering into a, a forum that they just don't know the language that's being spoken, and so they absolutely want someone in there with them. So it's only a handful, but we definitely offer, offer it, and we, and I know in every call that I've ever made to any of the leads, I make sure that they know that we offer that plan, and that if that's what they want, we're more than happy to accommodate them. And I would say 95% of them say, oh, no, I would want you, if I hire you, I want you for full representation. That's, just, they, that's the reason they're looking for an attorney, is someone to basically hold their hand through the whole process.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly, uh, and the fact that you guys are making it so affordable it gives them that opportunity. And usually, the unbundled right. option comes into play if if there isn't another option where they could afford the full representation. The unbundled is kind of a drop down because I think most people would want to have a lawyer representing them in court if they have that option. It's not something they do every day, whereas lawyers are. Um, and the fact that you guys have made that uh, so accessible, you know, it's no wonder that they're they're choosing that. But even for some folks that want to cut down the cost further, or even maybe can't even afford that aspect. Um, that option's yeah. there. So that's great. Now, the final thing I want to cover on the payment plans, and then I want to ask you guys about the expansion and maybe a couple steps on that, and then we'll go ahead and wrap up the call. Is the payment plans, sometimes you guys are doing maybe a one hour of payment per month. Have you found that that has been lockstep with the amount of work done? Sometimes, you you know, when you have someone that's filing a response or, you know, there's, you know, there's specific timeframes, there's more work and more hours need to be put in that case. Then maybe would be covered within the payment plan you just described. If you have a situation where you have to do more work on a specific case, do you require more upfront, or do you do you, do you stay within these this framework on good faith that they'll be continuing when you make that payments? Those payments, even if you know there may not be more work to be done, um, it, how have you managed that, or is it you know usually most of the time? It's one hour a month, is what we found. We have to invest in the case, so we're pretty lockstep with uh, with what they're paying versus what we're de- what we're delivering as far as services.
2: Well, we do. Um, you know, there are cases where we've invested three or four hours in a month, and the client has only paid for one hour, and we just go on good faith because, you know, I mean, their their hearing may not be. We may put all this work do all this work up front, but their hearing may not be for another three months. Right. And that's not unusual at all. And so within that three months, they're still continuing to make those payments.
0: Right. So it'd be unusual overall for you guys to fall too far behind or too many hours behind as far as what they're paying you versus what you're providing as services.
1: Correct. Right. And if they stop paying, if we just, like I think right now, we're doing, it's the first of the month, um, Julia's doing billing right now, and so she knows exactly who's been paying and who hasn't. I think right now we only have two clients that have not followed through with their commitment, and I know she's already gone to the two attorneys and said, um, we haven't gotten payments in the last month for these people, so don't work on their case right now. That's really the only time we stop working on a case, mm-hmm. or stop, we won't put any more energy into it, is if they stop making their payments. If they're making their payments on a dil- diligently, then we're doing the work that's needed as, as much as we can. Now we may not, you know, if there's someone else that's needing more work ahead of them, we might take that into account. But for the most part, we're if they need work done, we're doing it unless they stop paying.
0: Right. And you know, two clients out of what 51 clarification yeah. on that. So, you know, right? I'm not, yeah, a, I'm not a quick math, but that's like two or three percent, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right.
2: And I mean, you know, it's it, it's going to take a leap of faith for any attorney to do this. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, to offer the payment arrangements and we do it because we've seen that it works. Now, have we gotten burned a couple of times? Yeah, absolutely. We have. Yep. But compared to the times that We've not worked on a case for months and we still get that income, you know, merely because they're paying off what they've owed us. I mean, that's not money that's just sitting in our trust. That's money that's been earned.
0: Yeah. And I would say even more importantly, you mentioned 70% of Americans can't afford that. So the amount of times you've been able to open the door Mm -hmm. for these families and these individuals to be able to have access and get the assistance of an attorney when they otherwise could not, and in many cases had been turned down by one, right. sometimes multiple attorneys, requiring three thousand. I think you know, above and beyond any any of the financial benefits, you know, which are obvious and clear with the numbers you guys have shared. You've been able to open that door for someone that otherwise the 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 assistance they needed to pursue custody or visitation rights or get the time they needed or adjust the support, whatever it is that they're needing help. To do now, all of a sudden, they can do it when otherwise they would have been left on their own. And interestingly enough, seventy percent of Americans—that's about how many people right now are filing pro se in the family courts. It's about sixty to seventy percent, depending on the court, sometimes higher. Are people that are being forced to go it alone, and you know that's that's what you guys are making possible—is that those folks no longer have to go alone because that's you know if they would, if it was three thousand upfront they couldn't afford it, but you know, with the options you're offering now they can.
2: And right. I think a lot of it is. You know, we always, yes, we are, you know, we are here to make money. That is, you know, we, this is our livelihood. And, um, you know, we, the more profit the better. But I think what we really try to do is keep in mind that at the end of the day, we are a public service. And to be accessible and for everyone to feel like they have access to our legal system is very important
0: to us. Yeah, it's really important to us too. I mean, and I, and I really appreciate you sharing that. And I appreciate that commitment you guys are bringing to your clients. And it's it's threaded through everything that you guys offer in the way that you communicate, the way you're responsive, the types of options you're offering. So I really commend you guys and, and appreciate um, the fact that you take that as a, as a core philosophy in the way that uh, you do your work. Thank you. You're welcome. And, and, and the final thing I think we should cover real briefly here and then we'll go ahead and wrap up. I appreciate all of your time today to share, you know, this transition and the, the uh, options you guys have implemented in order to serve the clients we're sending in such an unbelievable way is how you guys, I know you've been working on Tulsa. There's still, maybe you're still finding, looking for that contract lawyer that's going to work with, you know, to be able to handle those cases. But, you know, for attorneys that are you know looking at, okay, well right now I cover, you know, this small region. If I were able to, you know, say expand to that other large town in my state or, Let's say it's Illinois and they're in Chicago and they want to say, okay, well, maybe we could do Rockford, Illinois. Maybe we could do Springfield. You know, individually, it it doesn't make sense for them to be able to drive, you know, two, three, four hours to another, you know, part of the state to to provide services to that client. It doesn't, it's not feasible financially. It doesn't make sense. And maybe initially to get this going, you you have to kind of hustle a bit to make that work. But how do you, how have you guys been able to bridge that gap to where you can start considering, well, you know, how could we go about? You know implementing this, you know, statewide and stair stepping, you know, that, that bridge of distance by working with these contract lawyers and creating these relationships so that you can start to, you know, branch out your firm to serve other areas of the state as well.
1: Like we said, we did initially start with, um, we did open up Tulsa and we are, we put that a little bit on hiatus for right now. But we, we have literally, what we've kind of done is taken Oklahoma County and then just every county that, um, touched Oklahoma County, we expanded into those counties, and then we've eventually, we've literally taken over pretty much the entire middle part of Oklahoma. Um, in regard, and the attorney, one of the attorneys that I have right, that is working with me, she lives in Logan County, which is the county just north of Oklahoma eh, County, and she basically is going to, from here this point forward, any c- clients that come in that are in the northern part of the state, she's we're going to let her pretty much primarily take care of those clients, and then the other the other attorney and I will take the southern part of that region that we're taking care of. In regards to getting other attorneys, we've advertised with um, the law schools, and we've just put out feelers. I put it out through Facebook on different pa- a couple of different pages. We talked to a couple of attorneys, but we because of the issue of fee splitting and rainmaking and things like that that we can't do here in Oklahoma. We really need someone that is contracted with us, and until we kind of get that good fit, we're not willing to expand to that person just yet. But it is a challenge that we, um, we're we hoping to overcome, because I do want to take over the whole state, and right now we're just, like Jay said early on, that we're pretty methodical about it, and until we get the right fit, we'll just keep kind of centering on what we can do, and keep putting feelers out till we find someone that's going to be able to work with us the way we need them
0: to. Yeah. And are there any specifics that you guys are very methodical about, whether it be a philosophical match to making sure that they are willing and comfortable and open to offer these, you know, payment arrangements that you've shared and these options, the way they communicate with their clients or, or, you know, the types of contract they're willing to work with. What, What are some of those things that, you know, you really want to be most methodical about?
1: Well, exactly what you said, I want him to basically be um, comfortable with the way we do things, the payment arrangements, and things like that. We did initially talk to an attorney that i she's got a lot of experience, and I thought that it might the relationship might work out. She was willing to contract with us, but she was going to continue with her own practice and basically what we felt like it would she would and this may not have been what she intended, but it felt like she would be utilizing the office space that we would rent for her and the resources that we were going to give her to not only be contracted with us, but to do her own thing as well. And that's not, that's more like, that appears to be more like a fee splitting arrangement, and we can't do that. So we need someone that's willing to contract with us and basically work in an office that's paid for and and start getting clients that will do the payment arrangements if that's what they need, and just kind of have that same philosophy that we do. And it may take a, I, you know, I can, I have an attorney that's very new working out of my office, and I'm comfortable with that right now because I can mentor her and basically shadow, she can shadow me, and I can shadow, overshadow her, and make sure she's doing everything correctly. If I get a contract attorney in Tulsa, or in southeast Oklahoma or any of the other farther counties in Oklahoma that is brand new out of law school, I'm going to need to mentor them as well. I'm not going to feel comfortable that they don't, if they don't know what they're doing. So I'm going to need, you know, I'm going to need an attorney that is, that has at least a little bit of experience under their belt that can, can be a self-starter and can be someone that can ask questions if needed, but also knows family law pretty well and can, and know the procedures pretty well that can work on their own if they're going to be contracted with us.
2: Right. And, you know, one of the things, too, is we know our system works. I mean, in three months, we've seen it work. And so we would need an attorney that would buy into our system.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you have a philosophical match, what you guys are sharing on the front end, the lead calls. And, mm-hmm. and, and just briefly on that, so you guys would continue to have the lead calls come through your firm and then once you've talked to the client and then you're essentially at that point, you're then assigning them to come meet with that contract attorney and which is, I'm assuming it's the same thing you guys do within your current firm. Okay. You're going to be working right. with, you know, your attorney so-and-so she's going to be helping you with your case. We're going to get you scheduled right. in to meet with her it would be the same thing where you're basically just doing, still doing all the lead calls within your own office and then just doing a handoff where you know, they're then coming in to meet with that contract lawyer in that city.
1: Correct. That's exactly what it would look like.
0: Yep, great. Okay, so well, I know mean, that,
1: that yeah. comes from a place of either I will be, I, I'm comfortable calling the leads, or I'm comfortable with Jay Shree calling the leads. I'm not comfortable with anyone else doing that because I want to make sure that what is being conveyed to the potential client is what needs to be conveyed, and not just hey, come in and meet with us, and here's our fees, you know, type thing, but actually spending that time con- um, selling the firm. Following the script of knowing you know where where these clients are coming from, their case, um, you know what 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 they're looking for and all that, and I have confidence in our system and how it works here and who is actually fielding those calls as opposed to just passing that off to someone else in a different county.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's really critical. I'm glad you guys embraced that. That initial call, I mean, if anyone's yeah. listened to any other episodes, that's it's just sort of the repeated thing is how important it is to make sure that that call is handled properly, handled in real time. They get the text, they get the email. They have someone right. that's mm-hmm. willing to talk and sell the firm and share the idea and build that relationship over the phone. And so, you know, keeping that in-house, something is that you guys focus on, you know, from there, they can make the transition to an attorney that, like you said, has the same philosophical approach and is willing to buy into and is, you know, believes in the what you guys are doing as far as making services more affordable to folks and opening that door and still, you know, offering these payment options. So it really at this point it sounds like you guys, you know, it's just it's just a hiring challenge from this point on, is just, you know, right. finding that uh, that that good fit that's gonna be able to to deliver services in that way and and, and do it you know, as a contractor in the way you described.
2: Right. Yeah. Well I would like to say something. Um, you know, I your company is absolutely fantastic in that when we signed up for this, we didn't know how to do this. But the, the resources that y'all gave us, the script and, you know, just the mentoring that we got from Graham, that's invaluable. You know, most companies just give you the leads and they move on. And y'all actually took the time. And then we would listen to these podcasts and we actually reached out through Graham to another attorney that basically sent us a blueprint of how he did things. And that was invaluable. So, you know, I I, I don't want everybody to think that we just got this and we took it and ran with it. We had a lot of help along the way, whether it was from Unbundled Attorney itself or from an attorney from a different state that kind of helped us. You know, he sent us all his contracts and everything that he used and even his, how he hired attorneys. And that was invaluable to us because we weren't re- reinventing the wheel. And so, you know, that to me is invaluable.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I really appreciate you, you saying that. And, you know, it, it, it really speaks to our commitment. I think we, we share a similar, You know commitment to the clients and to the leads. These aren't leads, just leads to us. These are real people, and you know we really do want to make a difference in the affordability and accessibility of legal services in this country. And the only way we're going to do that is we have to work together on that goal and find those strategies that are going to work best with the the changing marketplace that's happened here. With you know going to two thirds of people pro se, you know we all have to work together in order to to solve this problem of you know injustice in this country and. You know, that's that's our commitment. You know, we really do want to see that happen for uh, for legal services. And so the only way we're going to do that is to be of support to you guys in any way we can. And so I'm, I'm glad that that has made the difference for you and you recognize that has as been helpful. And as far as, you know, connecting you to, you know, another provider, attorney or network, I really appreciate, you know, that that attorney was willing to step up and share, you know, what it is that he's doing. Um, we are in the midst of planning. Um, this will be the first time we share this, but um, we're going to put on a retreat um, in a location, you know, what may evolve into something that's yearly where, you know, all you can get to know, you know, the other hundreds of lawyers we have in our network and anyone that wants to participate and share ideas and, and get to know each other in person because, you know, there's so much more we can all accomplish if we're all working together for the same goal. Yeah,
2: that'll be great. Yeah, that's an awesome idea.
0: So we'll be looking forward to putting that together probably for uh, summer of next year. So I will keep everyone posted on that. So, but with that, Perfect. you know. I really, uh, I really also want to thank you both for taking the time to come on today. And again, you know, just like everyone else has shared so openly about the way in which you've been working with your clients and finding more affordable ways to meet their needs. And, uh, we couldn't be happier with, you know, your results and the amount of folks that you guys have been able to serve. It's just been, uh, it's been a real pleasure. Uh, To be of, you know, to work with you, to be of support. And uh, I'm just really uh, excited and thrilled of our our relationship going forward as you continue to expand out to Oklahoma and uh, continue to refine the way in which uh, you continue to serve your clients. So uh, I really thank you guys.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you.
0: All right. So with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up for today. Um, For everyone else that's listening to the show, uh, if there's anyone that uh, you feel like could benefit from these episodes and, you know, could start implementing some of these practices, uh, if you guys know any attorneys in Tulsa, Oklahoma that happen to might want to uh, work with this firm, feel free to, to to reach out to them directly as well. Uh, if you are an attorney that handles Tulsa or you know someone that might want to, that might share this philosophy, then they may be happy to hear from you. And, uh, you know, for us, as far as the podcast as well, you know, feel free to jump online, share, share a review on iTunes or give feedback to us as we read every review and would love the feedback. Thanks so much for listening. So we'll see you all on the next episode. And thanks to our guests today. Thanks to everyone else for participating.
1: Thank you. Thank
0: you. For more information about how our lead generation services can help you grow your practice, visit our website at www.unbundledattorney.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please be sure to subscribe so you get each new episode as soon as it's available and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Once again, thanks for listening.